Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. I want you to lift your hands with me. Come on, by the authority of the Word of God and the power that's in your name, Jesus. Come on, I loose you in this place. Come on, he give us the power to bind and loose. And I loose the gifts of the Spirit to operate right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, I loose you, Lord, to let loose those holy angels around this place. Lord, I loose you right now in the name of Jesus. Let your Spirit permeate the very atmosphere of this church. Lord, I bind every spirit that's not of you right now in the name of Jesus. I take total dominion and authority over it and I place it under my feet. In the name of Jesus Christ, it has to be silent. Lord, we're asking you to move upon us right now. Touch my mind, touch my voice, touch my body. Come on, I feel that the Lord, right now, I feel the angelic presence of the, of the Almighty God in this place. He has just loosed them around this place. Come on. He In the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Forty years, the children of Israel had to wander around out in the wilderness because of their parents' lack of faith and unbelief. Finally, they've all died. and Now here they are once again on the banks of the Jordan River with the promised land in sight. You see, God has just told Moses that he's not going to be able to go with them But God says, I got some things I want you to tell the people. You see, God has given Moses statutes, which in the Hebrew is kokate, which means a law, a commandment, or an ordinance. Because God has always required things of us to live by so that we can live in his blessing. The 21st century thinking of live like you want to do, do what you want to do, be what you want to be, making up genders. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I don't care how hard I try. I'm never going to be a bobcat. God has never made a bobcat this big. That I know of. It's all right. Let's just all get along. And everything's fine and dandy until you get yourself in a jam. And then we all begin to cry out to God. And when our prayers aren't answered because of some things in our life that we're doing, uh uh-oh, we want to blame God for everything that's going wrong with us. 
Listen, I'm not here tonight talking about the sinner. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about a second, third, fourth, fifth generation apostolics. Come on and try to keep one foot in the world and one in the church. Come on, we we'll do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. You don't need me to get up here and preach what we shouldn't do because the Holy Ghost tells you when you know you shouldn't be doing something. But the problem is, is we get so used to turning a deaf ear to things that we don't want to hear because of things we want to do. Come on. And when things don't go just like we think or you let a trouble or a sickness or a death and you're on the phone, Pastor, I need you to pray. Here's my favorite, or you're on social media. Would everyone pray for me? And you know what? Ding! Praying. They're not praying. They're just praying as long as it took for them to go P-R-A-Y-N. And when it's not answered the way you think it should be answered, it's all God's fault. Psalm 18 and 20 lets us know that it's not God's fault. Because Psalm 18 and 20 says, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God for all his judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore, therefore, hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. Come on now. Verse 20 starts out telling us how we're rewarded because of the righteousness of us and the cleanness of our hands. And that Hebrew there means the pureness or the purity of our hands. And I did not put away his commandments from me is what it's trying to tell us. That I was up upright. I listened. I was full of integrity. I was truthful. And I kept myself from sin or things that were perverse. And he tells me that if I will do what he asks of me, that he's going to reward me because of the cleanness of my hands, because of the pureness of my heart, not in the eyes of social media, but in the eyes of my God. When Nick Mahaney is not seeing the fruit of my labor, when it seems like I'm not getting through to God, I begin examining my life because God has given us principles and promises. If we will just stand on his word and we will just fall in love with the word of God, his promises are in here. His promises are in there to bring our families back. His promises are in there to heal our bodies. His promises are in there to heal our lands. Come on, his promises are in there so we don't have to walk around sick. Psalm 37 and 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. 
For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Uh-oh, bye, marijuana. I'm just reading the word. That is good. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Apparently I'm doing very well. Delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord and trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord... Woo! But those that wait upon the Lord, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Come on, the enemy's trying to distract us. Come on, the enemy's trying to get our eyes off of God and on the world. He's trying to get us to doubt what the word of God says. He's trying to get us to wonder why. Why do they have all the nicest cars? Why are they making all the money? I see them at Walmart. You can't go to Walmart without seeing nobody. My dad always said when he died, bury him at Walmart. That way my mom would go see him four or five times a week. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Why is everything going their way. They don't live for God. But when we listen to the word of God, we understand that theirs is only temporary. The word tells me if I'll just wait on him. Come on, if I'll just put this flesh out of the way. Come on, if I quit being in such a hurry. Come on, if I'll just wait on him, he promises me that I'm going to inherit the earth. Come on, I'm going to find out what the word of God says about my situation Come on, the return God's word, I'm going to take it and return it back to him. I have a promise. His word won't come back empty. His word will not return void. God has certain laws that he operates under. He has regulated himself by his word. And God cannot and he will not violate his word. The word of God gives liberty for him to move in our lives. His word gives us the power to turn loose the problems and live in his promises. Come on, the answers to our questions in our lives are a stand on the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel an anointing in this place. Psalm 37, 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord 
And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart and none of his steps shall slide. Come on, I stand on the word of God. The Lord told me in his word that if I'm a good man, he's going to order every step that I take. Come on, even when it doesn't look like it's for the best. My God is always working out for the good. Come on, even when I'm walking through a valley of the shadow of death, my God is with me. The key is not to camp out in the valley, but you just got to keep walking. You just got to put one foot in front of the other. You can't let the enemy have one inch. And when I fall, it's his hand that holds me. It's not going to let me fall. He's going to catch me and he's going to pull me back up on my feet. I was young. Man, now I'm getting old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. You know what that means? I'm living in the overflow of Charlie Mahaney. Because it said his seed begging bread. Because of that righteous man, I'm still living in the overflow of his blessings. That's why I'm righteous. That's why I want to live for God. Because my seed after me, I want them blessed. Come on, I want them to walk in the spirit. I want them to be healed. I want them to be nourished. I want them to be upright. You see, prayer is the key. Prayer works for us. That's its design. Prayer doesn't necessarily change God, changes God, but it changes me. So God can work through me. Now, I'm an evangelist. I've been offered a few churches and I ran. That's not what God called me to be. And evangelists, we go to a lot of conferences because out of sight, out of mind. They'll forget about you. And I'll be standing out there for it with a sign. They got evangelist chat room right now and they're all talking, you know, gas is high, tickets are high, food is high. Some of them said, well, you know, I used to be a carpenter. I may start doing that on the side. One was an electrician. I may start doing that on the side. I said, well, I was a meth cook. <laughs> I was a burglar. I don't think I need to be doing that on the side. 
would be a great call from headquarters. Yes, Brother Gleason. Sorry, that wasn't in my notes. So I go to a lot of conferences. And I'm just going to tell you, this is me, all right? I'm ADD, DDD, DD, DDD. I have to have detailed notes. There ain't no telling where I'd go. And I usually don't preach a long time because I'd lose my own attention. I was at a conference recently, and they said, we want you to sit on a platform. I said, no, you don't. If I'm not preaching, you don't want me up there. But every conference I go to, the guy preaching is way more spiritual than I am. Bless God, I prayed seven hours today. I seen 21 angels. I haven't eaten in 36 days. And if you was like me, we might have a move of God. And I'm thinking, seven hours. Man, he ain't raising grandkids. That dude prays seven hours. And I'm thinking, man, I'm a failure. Listen, I, this is just me. I get down to pray, and I get these thoughts in my mind. Anybody else? Oh, I love you, Jesus. Lord, touch the Gleasons. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray spiritual blessings upon them. Is it cow's horns in front of its ears or behind its ears? <laughs> and I'm like, dear God. All right, let me get back to this. Hallelujah. Lord, where's the cow's horns? I'm ruined. And I found out the only thing I can do is go do something and come back. That's just me. Well, let me tell you all, the cow's horns are beside its ears. Because the devil ain't never ruining me again with that thought. And I got some guy telling me he prays seven hours. I get 10, 15 minutes in, and I got some stupid question that comes into my mind. I think I left my car running. I've never left my car running. Let me go check. And the worst thing is bring your phone with you. When you say you're going to pray, People are going to call you you ain't heard from. And if you want to be, if you got insomnia, just open up the word. Go to Chronicles. So here I am, and I had a struggle with this, y'all. Lord, what am I doing wrong? I don't measure up. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I know you. I created you. Let's me and you have a relationship. 
it changed my life. Because now I know that God knows that I'm nuts, okay? He knows I got the attention span of a gnat. And it doesn't bother him and it doesn't bother me. You know what? I just talk to God in my own way. I had a six-hour drive today. I'm just going to tell y'all, I never turned the radio on. Me and the Lord talked all the way down here. Come on, I talked about everything. God, what about, what do you think about this situation? Come on, and I'll wait a little bit because if you wait on the Lord, he's going to speak to you. You can't just keep on with vain repetition. You got to ask him, then be quiet for a moment, and I'm telling you, God will speak to you. You need to learn what you got to do to have a relationship with your God. Sorry about that. Psalm 103, 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Now, we know that angels are ministering spirits. We know there's warrior angels, angels of light, which was Lucifer. But the angels that God has working around him, we can't call and pray and say, God, would you send Gabriel for, I mean, we can't say, hey, Gabriel, come here. Because he's not going to listen to us. But when we begin to speak this, when we begin to speak the word of God, the Bible says they begin to excel and they begin to minister unto us. Psalm 34 and 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. My Bible tells me I have an angel. That's what it, I just read, right? And it says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them. That word there in the Hebrew is kana, which means to put up a tent. My angel's tent is wore out because I'm an evangelist. I'm on the go all the time. But I got, I got news for you. That angel steps in. And it, when you think that things are impossible, when you just about got into that wreck, come on, this is some simple preaching here. Your angel says, whoa, hold on a minute. Come on, when things start coming against you, that angel of the Lord, because you fear him, come on, steps in. And it begins to help you fight your battles. <laughs> Psalm 35 and 6 says, the angel of the Lord chases away my enemy. Then verse 7 says, and he afflicts my enemy and punishes my enemy. Come on, I come to tell you, you're not alone. You've got God on your side, and he's got angelic beings that are walking around with you. I get worried about people all they see is devils. I know people say, man, that devil chased me down. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't no devil going to chase me down. I walk in authority. When I get up, the devil says, oh, no, he's up again. Come on, I'm not going to have no devil attack me because I got a God and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's twice as many angels as there are devils anyway. Come on, you need to realize who you are. 
You're not like everybody else. You're one God. Jesus' name. Tongue-talking people. Come on, you got the gifts of the Spirit. You need to learn how to operate in them. You need to operate in His name. The gifts aren't just for evangelists. The gifts aren't just for pastors. They're for you. Come on, and we've held back our women long enough. You need to understand that you're just as powerful as we are. Come on, that word of God. The word says that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Three Hebrew men. They're standing with the masses. They've just heard the decree of a heathen king. They're named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their Hebrew names are Hananiah, which means the Lord has favored. Mishael, which means who is what God is. And Azariah, his name means the Lord has helped me. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is a very humble man. He wrote a book on humility and how he obtained it. He's looking in his mirror. He's curling his beard. I don't know how them guys got that beard so curly. Combing it. Man, I look good. Man, boy, I look real good. Man, I think I'm going to build a statue of me. That's humble, isn't it? He doesn't just build a statue. He builds one of gold. That's humility. Then he takes humility to a whole new level. He makes it 90 feet high and nine feet wide. And in his pride and arrogance, he has demanded that at the sound of the music, everyone will bow down and worship his image. So they play the music and the crowd bows down but there's three Hebrew men that won't bow their knee. I don't believe they were hiding behind anybody. I believe they were like, da-da-da-da-da-da. So they're sent before the king. The king can't believe these are men that I put in place and they're not bowing down to me. And he can't believe they won't worship the image or worship his gods. Daniel 3, 16 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So the king's furious. He commands them to heat up the furnace. In verse 21, these men that were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king commands, commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now, I'm just going to tell y'all, it can look hopeless. The enemy can bind you and throw you into what seems to hell like you. But I come to tell you tonight, Life Church, that the, just like the three Hebrew men, we have a promise. You see, they were standing on the word of the Lord. These three men were students of the word of God. By the time they were 12 years old, they had memorized the first five books of the Bible. Come on, they knew every word. They knew every comma. They knew every, every mark that was in those first five books. And they were just standing on what the word had told them because they had read in Deuteronomy 4.20, but the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace. You see, there wasn't no iron furnaces in the wilderness, but they were standing on the word of God because God said, hey, maybe one of these days you're going to be faced with an iron furnace. I got you back. Come on, I come to tell you it's already been promised to you. He's, he'll bring you through the fire. He'll bring you through the flood. Come on, the king looked, and there was four walking around in the fire. Daniel 3, 24, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Come on, I come to tell somebody in this place right now, don't you let the trial overcome you. Don't you let the battle overcome you because the word says he's going to be with you. Come on, you know the only thing that burned off of them when they fell in the fire was the ropes that they were bound with. Sometimes God has to throw you in the fire. Sometimes God has to put you in the battle to burn off the bondage that's keeping you back from who you're supposed to be. Come on, don't run from the trial. Relish the trial. Come on, don't run from the battle. Stand strong and fight because my God is about to walk into your situation. Come on, it may look hopeless, but my God says, stand back. Fear not, because I'm about to come right in into your situation. Psalm 1 and 1 says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, Doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper.
Family, how many got lost loved ones? Come on. I believe God's bringing mine back. Health, all my friends now in my 50s got the last name Ologist. But I believe God's still the healer of my body. Finances, come on, he's going to bless you a hundredfold. Don't you quit giving. Don't you quit paying your tithe. I'm standing on his word. His word says I'm supposed to be blessed. And my, I, come on, I'm going to be blessed. Do y'all do the Christmas for Christ envelopes? Oh. They're cool. <laughs> In Arkansas, they line up with these envelopes all along the steps. And they got $1 to $10,000. Well, every year I get that one. Not the $1. I'm not that cheap. But I get the one, you know, that, that $100 one. And I get mad when somebody beats me to the $100 one. Because then I got to do all this adding and stuff. Well, I happened to be home one Sunday. And they had all those Christmas for Christ envelopes up through there, Brother Gleason. So they were worshiping, and I worshiped up there, and I got my little envelope, put it in my pocket. Y'all ever notice a preacher can just ruin your day? I mean, seriously. I hadn't been home in a long time. I'm in, at home finally with my family. Here's what Brother Lumpkin does. He don't even preach that day. He stops at music. He just walks up and says, I feel like I need to say something. If you got one of these envelopes you can afford, you're not going to be blessed. That's not sacrifice. And this is what he does. I'm like, well, dear Lord. Now what am I going to do? So they start worshiping. And I kind of, you know, worship on up there. Listen, I'm a klutz. Half the scars on my body are from myself. And I walk up, I'm just going to like, you know, real sneaky, switch in some envelopes. And I knock all of them down like a row of dominoes. Well, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I'm not real bendy. By the time I got them all stacked back up, my blood oxygen was like 42. I'm hanging on go, whoo. When I got my, you know, senses back, after all the blood leveled out, I got one of those big ones. And I put it in my pocket. Sandra Mahaney, my wife, is a, she's so full of faith it just aggravates me sometimes. I don't like going to Walmart with her because I can't be mean to anybody because she's going to invite everybody in there to church. If you get a bad meal at the restaurant, just eat it because she's about to invite the waitress to church and witness to her. Don't complain about nothing. Every Wednesday, she goes by herself, knocks on doors, and brings about 30 kids to church every Wednesday. She's a woman of faith. So I'm back there, and i am got my hands raised. My woman of faith says, which one did you get? 
And I told her, she goes, oh, dear Lord Jesus, help us. <laughs> well, I, I'm ruined. I'm already doubting I can make this kind of money. But you know what we did? We sacrificed and we paid it. Yeah. Now, I got offered, somebody called me, wanted me to go to this uh, a dinner they had for me and my wife in Texas. And now I'm going to tell y'all, when we pulled up to this gate, it was like the pearly gates. I ain't never seen a house with gates like this. I didn't even know how to get in it. So we pushed the button, you know, and they let us in this gate. And it's like a mile back. Beautiful place. I seen the house, I went, oh, Lord. Man, this is some kind of crib right here. This brother ain't never seen nothing like that. We go in there, this place is massive. I go to the bathroom, I get lost. I'm like calling people, hey, uh, where y'all at? <laughs> I can hear you, but I just can't find you. Man, we eat, and the pastor, as we're walking out, he goes, hold on. He said, this, me and this man need to talk to you. Now, this stuff never happens to me. I'm just going to tell y'all. I hear about guys getting cars, model trains, real trains, airplanes, you know, annuities. I ain't never seen nothing like that. I guess because I don't get up and ask for it. That's another sermon. They hand me a big old check. When I seen the check... My eyeballs almost fell out of my face. Man, I'm about to buy some camo. That's what rednecks in Arkansas do with our money. We go buy camo. I'm thinking I'm going to have a camo suit for conference. Two weeks after that, I preached one time in January and I almost died from COVID. You see, the Lord honored my faithfulness. The Lord said, if you will give, I will give it back to you. Press down, shaking together, and running over. You know what? He already knew the situation I was about to be in. My bills were paid all of January. I, my bills shouldn't have been paid. But you see, he's my bread when I'm hungry. He's my water when I'm thirsty. If I stand on his promises, he promises me that he's going to take care of me. Come on, he's going to feed me. He's going to clothe me. He's going to protect me. He's going to wrap me in his arms of righteousness. I want us all to stand. sitting in the motel when I got here this evening. No, I didn't get visited by an angel, so don't worry, everybody go. And I was looking through my notes at different things. 
said, I've been praying all the way down here. I'm, when I tell y'all, my radio hasn't been on one time because I've had such sorrow and heaviness on me all week. And I said, Jesus, you got to help me tonight. I, I need to have direction when I walk in the building. Well, guess what? I didn't until I sat down. And the Lord says, there's people that's going to be in this place tonight that are in a struggle. You're weary and well-doing. You've been fighting. You're not giving one inch. But your back's starting to hurt just a little bit now. Your arms are getting, I don't know if any of y'all have ever been in a barroom brawl, but I was a brawler. And man, you could go for a little while and you just start, where you, and that's where you are. You can barely lift your arms. And the enemy's starting to hit you back. And you're going, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I come to tell you he's promised you that you're going to make it. He's promised you. Come on, some of you have gotten promises and prayers around this altar. Some of you have gotten promises in your prayer closet. And the enemy's afraid of what God has told you. Come on. He's afraid that he said, oh, if they ever realize that I'm just about there, if they'll just, come on, buck up just a little bit more. Come on, just swing just a little bit harder. Come on, help is on the way. Come on, help is on the way. Come on, your miracle's right here. Your miracle can happen right here tonight. Come on, all you got to do is just keep on. Keep on fighting. Keep on believing. I come to tell you, Satan is a liar. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Come on, Satan, I'm not afraid of you. Come on, I'm tired of you messing with, your, with God's children. I'm tired of you messing with God's people. He told you some things were going to happen. There's been some things prophesied over you. You're getting weary because you hadn't seen it yet. It's about to happen. Just hold on. Just keep standing on his promises. Just keep believing what he's told you. Oh, I feel it. Come on, some of you are battling depression. Come on, I'm not one of them preachers that get up and claim miracles over things that we can't see, but I feel the spirit of fear that has been battling some people. Come on, you hear me. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Come on, get your hands off our young ladies. You get your hands off our young men in the name of Jesus. I come against anxiety right now in Jesus' name. All right, let me explain faith to you real quick. Faith is action, just as simple as I can put it. God can send a lightning bolt right now into your seat and take care of all your needs. That's God's faith. God wants to see your faith. He wants you to quit worrying about what everybody's thinking about you and press through. Come on, he, he is waiting on you for this moment. Do not let this moment pass you by. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now.
Come on, in the name of Jesus. You've been sitting on the edge of your bed at night. Fear is gripping you. It's going to be loosed off of you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, some of you got sickness in your body. Come on, the doctors are saying it's not going to happen. I come to tell you, Dr. Jesus says it's over, that you're going to be healed. Come on, some of you haven't spoken in tongues in a while. You feel so distant from God. God's about to pull you right back in. But it's, it takes faith. And you're going to have to step out of your, out of your seat and not worry about what your husband thinks, your wife thinks, what anybody thinks, and make your way down here and say, I've had enough. I've had enough. Lord, I'm waiting. I've been standing on your promises. Come on. That's it. Come on, begin to move out right now. Come on, God is wanting to... God Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.